0: Well, we've been walking through a short three-part topical series called Pulpit Table Square. These are Three words that will guide us and and help us as we seek to be a church that are full of disciples, faithful disciples who are making disciples of Jesus Christ. So, the first week we looked at pulpit and how uh, what guides us as a church as we gather together. We are the church gathered, and as we gather, we we hold the Word of God as as center, and we aim to also sing songs that are are centered around the good news of Jesus Christ and remind us of who He is. Last week we took a look at table and how we are a community uh that we are a church and community and how God has called us not just to attend on a Sunday but also to be in community together but looking at how God defines what that community looks like that our community is more than uh as a, more than just a potluck and getting together for cookies and tea. That our community needs to be one that is committed to being in the Word together. That our community needs to be in fellowship together. But also that our community needs to be in prayer together. And today, we're finishing off our topical series of, of these three words, taking a look at square. And as I was thinking about I don't know how many people did the whole like early 90s square, like you're a nerd type uh, loser uh, thing uh, that I was reminded of, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, here, let me define this. A commission. This is what the dictionary says, because you know, every once in a while you got to look it up. And a commission is an instruction, a command, or a duty that is given to a person or to a group of people. That's what a commission is a instruction or a command or a duty that has been given to a person or a group of people you know i remember growing up i was given a commission once this major task of going to jumbo video rest in peace i don't know do they have popcorn over there by the way oh i need to go there um yeah, I remember having, I got on my bike, I had a BMX bike, it was blue and white, it was awesome. And I was riding, and I got to the, I had this commission, my dad said, can you please go rent this movie? And this is when you could rent a movie for under $5. And you went, I got there on my bike, I biked down to, to where it was, and I got there, and I'm like, the, the movie's not here, because it's not streaming, right? So they only had limited numbers. You know, time, it is better now, okay? Like, I don't have to wait for all this stuff, let alone get on a bike. But here we are, and I got there, and the movie's not there. I'm like, oh, no, my dad wanted this movie. And so I got back on my bike, and, and I rode back. And by the time I got home, I also realized that not only did I not get the, uh, the, the movie, but I also lost the $5 bill that my dad gave me. I had failed on all counts of this commission. All right? I had been given this duty, this, this task, these instructions. Uh, may I say even a command. To go to the, do- to the, to the store to go get a movie. And I had failed miserably at that. I don't know to this day if my dad believed me that I lost the five dollars, uh, or not. But we've all been given a commission at some point in your life. If you are employed, you've been given a commission. If you've gone to school, you've been given a commission. You've been given instructions, a command, a duty to do something in a specific way. But if you are a Christian, you have been given a commission from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is what we're going to be looking at today. And that's what it means when we look at square. And square symbolizes four quadrants of how we can be obedient in that commission of what God has called us to be. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew 28. It should be a given. The title is called The Great Commission in verses 16 to the end of the chapter, verse 20. But I'm going to start all the way in verse 1 of Matthew 28. I'll give you a few moments to open there, or open the app. Verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went... Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he, also, that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and, and great joy and ran to the tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while you were sleep while we were asleep and if this comes to the governor's ears we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble so they took the money and did as they were directed and they and this story has been spread among the Jews to this day I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to continue to worship you as we open your word. God, I pray that indeed you are glorified. So Lord, I do want to preach so that you are glorified. And I want to speak of you and and praise your name. And God, I can't do this on my own, so by your spirit, will you help me preach this sermon with what is needed. Use this sermon to bring glory to your name and joy to the people and salvation to the lost. And amen. Verse 16. <clears throat> now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And you might be thinking, wait, weren't there twelve? There were twelve until Judas betrayed Jesus and later killed himself. But we're not going to talk about that today. And as we continue on, they gathered at the mountaintop for this commission to send them out beyond Judah. This was a commissioning. Again, remember, this is an instruction, a command, a duty that has been given to a group of people. And as they come to verse 17, there's this interesting thing. They see Jesus on this hill. They stop. They worshiped. Oh, but there's something else that's kind of tagged on to the end there. It says right there, but some doubted. You know, that word there, doubted, actually means more of a hesitation than unbelief. It's the same word that we see in Matthew 14, verse 11. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. Who's him? This is Peter. Saying to him, O you of little faith, why do you doubt? But let us remember what happened to Peter Peter is the only one that got out of the boat. All the other ones did not. He was still obedient to Jesus' call, even though there was doubt. When I read this, this, this about this hesitation, it really reminds me of something that's important before we get into this passage. Because it's easy to come up and to say, Thou shalt be and do this. But there's a compassion that is coming out, especially in verse 17. The road to mature faith is a difficult one. These disciples doubted, but they still obeyed him to meet at this location. It's not like God saves someone and immediately there's never any doubt in someone's life. Some of the disciples worshipped at once. Some were less sure of how to react. But that's the attitude that we need as we come into this. Discipleship is a process. It's not something that we immediately require everybody to get all at the same time. But as we look at this command, there's something that's interesting here. The command is in a sandwich, which I like because sandwiches are great. And at the top and the bottom, Jesus gives reason to accept his commission. In verse 18, it says, All authority has been given to me. The King of Kings, Lord of Lords, he comes and he says this. I've been given all authority. And what I'm about to tell you, you need to listen. He always had authority. He taught with authority. He healed with a word, but now it's full authority. He's exercising it in a so much bigger way. Jesus came to serve, but now he's coming to be served. It's the first reason to accept the king told you so. So do it. You know, when we profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when we say Lord, There is an attitude of submission that comes with that. It means Jesus says something, therefore I'm going to do it. But the second part of this sandwich, the bottom piece of that bread there, that great bread, is verse 20. I am with you always. The Lord is now risen. He calls his people to become disciple makers and he promises to be with them irrespective of their success or their failures. He simply says this, go and make disciples and I am with you. There is no qualitative statement there. There's no, hey, you must do this amount of work. He says, I will always be with you as long as you are faithfully obedient. In Jesus, God remains with us for now and eternity. What more do we need to keep living in in, in the Christ-like life? What more do we need to persevere in Christian living? We must go out and obey his commission. But the final word of the gospel remains Christ-centered. Even when we fail, he remains faithful. So that is the sandwich. So what's the meat and the lettuce and the cheese? (laughs) No, I I only have three points, so it has to be three. (laughs) The command to go. In verse 19 it says, Go therefore and make disciples. The command to go is that next part. Go there. Th- this is his thought. And in, in Mark, uh, Mark uses the same terminology. We are told to go. And Mark calls Jesus and says this. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. There's a great pastor, uh, who said it this way in this quote. He says, let, I think we got it on. There we go. Let us see in these words of Christ the most persuasive argument in favor of missionary work, both at home and abroad. Okay, I need to say this as a as a rabbit trail. Missionary work is not something that you just do overseas. We're called to be missionaries to our neighbors. And God sometimes chooses people to go overseas, but we're all called, both local and internationally. And he continues on, how can one be a follower of Christ if only is not helping other people to follow Christ by first showing them their need for Christ? Remembering these words, let us be unwearied in trying to do good to the souls of all humanity. If we cannot go to the heathen in China or Hindustan, which I believe is an old term for India, let us seek to enlighten the darkness which we shall easily find within reach of our door, let us labor on unmoved by the sneers and the taunts of those who disapprove missionary operations and hold up to scorn, and let them hold up to scorn. See, Jesus' main focus here is the job of every Christian. This isn't something that is isolated to the pastor or the missionaries. This is for anybody who calls himself a follower of Christ. Jesus' main focus here is for everyone. That we are called to duplicate ourselves wherever we may be. And it says this, Go and make disciples, as he continues on. And notice that it's not, hey, go and grow the church. Grow, go and, and tell everybody about Jesus, even. Or go and make com- converts. Those things are assumed. The essential commission is not tell people about Jesus. It's not preach the gospel. It's not grow your church. It's not make converts. Jesus' commissions, assumes all these things. It goes even deeper and commands us to make disciples. To make disciples is to lead new believers to maturity so that they understand and and follow Jesus and eventually become leaders too. By making disciples, the church stays strong over the generations. And let me say this a church that does not have a burden for the Great Commission does not raise up elders, it does not. It doesn't raise up men and women who meet the qualifications of what it means to be uh, a mature in Christ. Because there's no push to go out. There's no need. There's no need to make disciples. We've got all of what we need right here. But then the, the command to go is to make disciples. And then it says, Jesus says, all nations. And at the beginning... Let me ask you this question. If you know you're a little bit of church history, how did the disciples do with doing that? They didn't do it. They were preached with power. There was awesome miracles that happened. The lame saw, the walk. No, no, the lame walked, the blind saw. There was great courage as they faced threats. But how did they do with the all nations part? God had to raise up men like Stephen and Philip and Paul to get the church out of the nations. And may I say, God also brought persecution on the church so that they went out of Jerusalem. Aren't we the same, if not worse? We know about the Great Commission, but sometimes we hesitate to share our faith, even with close friends, let alone to venture out to that more radical direction like overseas missions. But let me ask you this, what is a disciple? A disciple is a forgiven sinner who is learning Christ in repentance of faith. And how we make disciples is this. What is discipleship making? We make disciples by persevering, uh, persevering proclamation of the word of God by the people of God and prayerful dependence on the spirit of God. You get it? Any part of that You? Maybe the proclamation part, but none of the strength comes from you. We make disciples by persevering, by continuing to proclaim the word of God by the people, by us, as we continue to pray for dependence on the Spirit of God. So the command is to go. Going out into the world, not simply waiting for people to come to us. Me praying in my house waiting for my neighbor to knock on my door so that I can go and tell them about Jesus is not faithful obedience to the command to go. The command is to go. We are not pushy, but we do have plans, individually and corporately, corporally, corporately, there we go, to reach the word for, world for Christ. We take the initiative. Because we have the good news. This doesn't mean every person should be a missionary. But collectively, we should have a missional thrust of sharing the good news, both locally and internationally. And this is why we seek to mature new believers in their faith. We don't just dunk them and then leave them. We walk with them. We challenge them. We get into the word of God together. You see how community based upon what God has defined community is important as we play, as we seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ? The next thing in this command is that we go and we are called to baptize We do make disciples by first going into the world, not waiting for the world to come to us. But making disciples doesn't stop at evangelism. It continues on in the walking with them in maturity in Christ. And that's why the next command is to baptize. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So what is baptism? Baptism is an act of the church. Where the church is affirming and, and portraying a believer's union with Christ, when we immerse them in him or her in the water, but it's also a believer's act of, of publicly committing themselves to Christ. It's like that giant neon sign that says, "Look, I'm a follower of Jesus." And as they do it, we baptize them in. This is an allegiance to Jesus. It's an an identifying with Jesus in public. There's no such thing as a secret Christian, if you notice. It's a public proclamation of your faith in Jesus Christ. In the name, followed by this wonderful list, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, this is the clearest example of the Trinity in the Gospels. When we baptize into the name of Jesus, we confess Jesus is equal with the Father, God. And throughout Matthew, he's constantly giving hints to Jesus more than just a man. He's more than just a prophet. He is God himself. And Jesus is calling us, as we go out, to call others that God calls himself, to identify with Jesus in public in this act of baptism. Refusing to be baptized or neglecting to be baptized is really a refusal of identifying yourself with Jesus. It's weird when you kind of flip it around, isn't it? So we have baptism classes. And if you need a refresher, uh, or you're thinking about what in the world is he talking about, we have baptism classes where we walk through baptism and what the Bible says about it. If you want to take that step of obedience, come and talk to me. In fact, we're going to have a baptism service in the next month or two. So if you want to be part of that group, come talk to me. And then that next command here is the command to teach. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. See, teaching observance to all of Jesus' commands forms the heart of disciple-making. Evangelism must be holistic. It's not just me going out telling people about Jesus, but it's when God uses that proclamation and God calls someone to himself, it's me also walking with them, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. We walk with them, remembering that the road to to mature faith is a road, a hard road with ups and downs. I remember years ago I saw this picture, a meme, I had one picture of, uh, the, the title was What I Thought My Sanctification Would Be Like, which was a straight line. And then the other side of the picture was What My Sanctification Is Really Like. And it was like this squiggliness thing going all over the place, upwards. We walk with them. The disciples doubted, but Jesus continues to teach them and walk with them and spur them on. See, to teach is a purposeful act. It's me going to someone and saying, I'm going to walk with you on purpose and we're going to do this. We're going to open God's word together. We're not going to base our our our, our view of who God is on what I feel. We're going to get right into God's word and we're going to study it and know it. And I'm going to teach you to obey all that God has commanded you to do and to be. It's purposeful. We're going to open those Bibles. We're going to pray together according to how God has revealed himself. I'm, going to not, I'm not just going to teach someone to be more like me. I want to teach people to be more like Christ. And that's why it's important to open the Bible. In Titus 2, you've heard me talk about this before, there's this major command in Titus 2. It commands the older woman to walk with the younger woman and the older men to walk with the younger men. To encourage them to continue to grow in Christ-likeness. This reminds me of an old pastor that I once knew who said every Christian should have three types of people in their lives. They should have a Paul, they should have a Timothy, and they should have a Barnabas. There should be someone that is pouring into you and encouraging to grow in Christ-likeness. You should be pouring into someone else because Jesus told you to as, his, as your king. And also, yes, let's not neglect, you should have a Barnabas. And that Barnabas should also, at some times, be able to smack you across the head. But we need those three types of people in our life to encourage us to be all that God has commanded us to be and to do. And if you don't have those three categories in your life, then you are not being faithful to the great commission that God has called you to be and to do. There's no such thing in the church saying, I served, I'm done. There's no such thing. And it's an amazing thing, right? Even if you are unable to get out all the time, the younger people have cars and can get to you. They can show up at your place. They might need a phone call, though. Actually, they, let's say not might. They will, because let's be honest. Right? We are commanded to do these things. We need to teach. Uh, we, teaching observance to all of Jesus' commands forms the heart of making disciples. Evangelism must be holistic. We must not only go out, we must not only baptize, but we must also teach. So what? The church can be involved in many good things but miss the Great Commission. The mission of the church is to be faithful disciples of Jesus who go out and make disciples of Jesus Christ, who baptize them and teach them with the authority and presence of Jesus Christ. That is our mission. That is what we're called to do. If there's a church out there that has any mission that is not rooted in this, it's not a biblical mission. That's our mission. God gave it to us. Now we've got to do it. So here's the question. Why do, I often, why do I so often disobey this commission? Why? Why do you so often disobey this very simple commission? I think we forget the sandwich that this commission is in. Jesus has all authority and he tells us to do something. I think sometimes we focus so much on Jesus being my buddy, my homeboy, as the t t-shirt used to say, rather than him being your Lord. And he told you to do something. The other part of it is this, we forget the promise that he is our king that will be with us as we step out in obedience. Isn't that an amazing thing? That the very word of God who created all things, the sustainer of our faith, is with us as we step out in obedience with him? It's an amazing thing. But also, I wonder if we truly believe what the gospel is. If I understand that there is a holy God who created all things. That I have sinned against that holy God and because of that sin, my rights, my punishment is hell, eternal separation from Him. But praise be to God who stepped down from His throne to pay the price for my sin so that when I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, when I have repented and believe and rest in what Christ has done for me on the cross, I can have eternal life. If I truly believe that, how can I look into my neighbors or my siblings' eyes or my co-workers and see that without Jesus Christ, they're going to the place that I was saved from? I have a firefighter friend who is an elder in his church. He says he calls it the four C's of the church. He calls it comfortable, complacent. Consumeristic compartmentalization. He's really happy all the time. When you think about it, I'm comfortable, so I'm not acknowledging God as the authority in my life. I'm complacent, maybe I'm just ignoring it. I'm consumeristic, it's all about me. I compartmentalize. I put things in little compartments in my life. I got my church life, got my school life or my work life, got my home life. They don't touch each other. But we neglect that we've all been called to be disciples, disciple makers. We've all been called to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is what we've been called to do. So what if, what if you and me, we saw Jesus as the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth? What if we saw that he will be always with us to the end of the age? How would that change what we do this afternoon, tomorrow. Pray with me, will you? Pray that I will be a disciple maker myself. Pray that we would move in our hearts to have the desire to be obedient to this commission to make disciples because our King said so, because he promised with us, and because it is good news, and we have come to know this good news, and we want other people to know it. Remembering that none of this is based upon my success or my failures. So the final word that we're looking at today is square. So there's four quadrants. We go out as individuals of a community as a community, to proclaim the good news and the love of Christ through our words and show the love of Christ for our act, by our actions to this lost and broken and marginalized word, world. We aim to be a church that is looking outwards, not just inward. As we are faithful disciples who go out and make disciples, we are the church in the city. And we do this in four ways. Through participation, we represent Christ implicitly and explicitly. Through restoration, like mercy projects through our hands-on and practical ways, not neglecting our job to share the good news of Jesus Christ, but through practical ways as well. We have things like the Booley Cafe. We have our tax clinic. We have our Christmas hampers. We have a food bank, gift cards. All of those things are our, our way of seeking to restore. We do this through conversations, having conversations and inviting into dialogue, This could be from uh, being really bold and being a street preacher or simply walking across the streets or simply having that conversation with the other mom at the park. Someone asked me, so are you feeling convicted about these things? And this is why we're finishing up our biblical conversation class next week. If I was smart, I would have started it like, this Tuesday, but I didn't. So you'll have to wait till the next round. But we have our biblical conversation course to equip one another so that we can have these conversations with people. And the fourth way that we do this is through multiplication, done through church planting and revitalization. As the church, we multiply by supporting church plants through praying for them. When was the last time you prayed for Chelsea Green? It's our sister church that was just planted a year and so ago. It it also comes out by sending others, by coaching young pastors and befriending pastors. Someone asked me if we would ever hire another staff person, and we've talked about this before, but truly my hope is this. My hope is that our next staff person we hire is one who will help us achieve the goal to multiply that we ourselves can go and be part of a church plan ourselves. Partnering with all of our other sister churches here in the city to reach the city, to be disciples. So, this has been our series. Pulpit, we are the church gathered. Circle, we are the church in community. And Square, we are the church in the city. These are three words that will help us to be disciples that are making disciples of Jesus Christ. Will you continue to pray with me, that we would be this? that God would place on our hearts a desire that lines up with what He has His heart is, that we would be committed together to the word of God, that we would be in, co- in community, that we would be in prayer, that we would go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let us be faithful. Because God has told us and because he's made a promise and he's never broken his promise that he will be with us as we seek out to be faithful. Let me pray. Father God, I just thank you for who you are and what you have done. God, I just pray that we would have a renewed sense of the good news of Jesus Christ, that Christ has died for our sins and that you rose again. Lord, I pray that we would be a faithful both individually and corporately and being what you have called us to do and to be, to go and make disciples. May we do that here in this church. May we walk arms with those who are younger and older than us and, and encourage each other to, into maturity in Christ. May we go out into our neighborhood proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And amen.